Welcome to the preaching podcast of Life Point Church. We're so glad you've joined us here. If you're ever in the Baton Rouge area, please stop by. We'd love to meet you. For more information on our church or Pastor Donovan, please visit our website at golifepoint.com. R-I-T, and uh, I've just felt led to talk about this with a lot of things that are going on in the world, and um, I just want to talk to you about grit. So let me say a prayer, and we'll jump right in. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness and your goodness. I pray, God, that you would just anoint me even on a Wednesday night to speak, anoint us to hear. I pray, God, that something would be put into our spirits tonight that just... Uh, brings a stability and a grit, and we give you praise for that in Jesus' name. Everybody say amen. Now, when I say grit, some of you old fogies, uh, myself included, uh, you may think of Grit Magazine. You may not have thought about it in a long time, but I just caused you to think about it. Grit is a magazine. It was a newspaper that was popular, according to Wikipedia, in the rural U.S. during much of the 20th century. And it carried the subtitle, America's Greatest Family Newspaper. In the early 30s, it targeted small town and rural families with 14 pages plus a fiction supplement. By 1932, it had a circulation of 425,000 in 48 states and 83% of its circulation was in towns of fewer than 10,000 inhabitants. The publication was founded in 1882 as the Sunday edition of the Williamsport, Pennsylvania Daily Sun and Banner. In 1885, the name was purchased for $1,000 by 25-year-old German immigrant Dietrich Lamedy, who established a circulation of 4,000 during the first year. But that's not the grit that I'm talking about. Do you know what I'm talking about, though? Any of y'all remember that? And that little ad right there always caught my attention in what I call comic books because I read comic books that I bought at the Pack-A-Sack, which was next door to my dad's Kirby vacuum cleaner office. And in the back of it, it was always trying to get me to sell Grit Magazine. But I chose instead to sell Kirby vacuum cleaners, right, <laughs> for a minute. Uh, that's not the grit to which I'm referring. Wiktionary defines grit as a firmness of mind, invincible spirit, unyielding courage, fearlessness. The etymology of the word grit refers to sand pebbles or rocks being ground up, it's grinding. It, it, it's, it's, you know, like ground up corn is grits. I haven't had supper. That looks good to me. Get some bacon, use it as my spoon, right? Oh, my goodness. It's, it, but, but it's corn that's ground up. Uh, the, the word paints a picture of someone gritting their teeth, enduring under pressure. Now, no doubt that's what Charles Portis had in mind when he wrote his 1968 novel entitled True Grit. Portis was from El Dorado, Arkansas, 
which as we all know, is near Waldo, Arkansas. My uh, family's, one of the sides of my family, it's, it's, that's headquarters right there. But the book focused on this old U.S. Marshal named Rooster Cogburn. John Wayne brought Portis' character, Rooster, to life. It was later remade, but Rooster had grit. He had grit. Everybody say grit. The Bible talks about some people who had grit. Revelation. We, we just got done with Revelation, but we're going to take another, just a little small dip into Revelation 7, 9 through 17. Revelation 7, 9 through 17. After this I looked, and there was a vast multitude from every tribe, nation, tribe, people, and language which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were robed in white with palm branches in their hands. They cried out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, the elders, the four living creatures. They fell face down before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and strength be to our God forever. And ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, Who are these people robed in white and where did they come from? I said, Sir, you know. Then he said, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They washed their robes, made them white in the blood of the Lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and they serve Him day and night in His sanctuary. The one seated on the throne will shelter them. They will no longer hunger. Everybody say, Hunger. They will no longer thirst. Everybody say thirst. The sun will no longer strike them, nor will any heat. For the Lamb who is at the center of the throne will shepherd them. He will guide them to springs of living waters, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Hebrews 11 is the Cooperstown of faith. It's the Hall of Fame. And, and we see people of grit like those in Revelation. Notice, they came out of great tribulation. In Hebrews 11, look at verse 36. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy, that wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. That's grit, y'all. That's grit. That's against the wind. That's against all odds. That's when times were tough. I love what the writer of Ecclesiastes said, the wise man. He said, I return and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift. Jesus said it's to the one, Matthew 24, that endures to the end. That's the one that is saved. Brothers and sisters, it's like the turtle and the hare. It's not running fast, but it's finishing that counts. Finishing the race, though, requires grit. It requires grit. And I've, I've shared this story. I love this story. It's, it's, it's a modern-day story of what grit looks like. If you've never heard it, it this is a powerful story. In, in 1986, 
Bob Weiland left the starting line of the New York Marathon. He wasn't making good time. He was lost in the shuffle. Runners were flying by him. Although he was running as fast as he could, he still felt like a turtle among 25,000 rabbits. He would not set any record for speed in this marathon. As a matter of fact, Bob finished the race, this New York marathon. He finished it in 98 hours. That's just over four days. took him four days. He came in last place. He even took a 10-hour break before he finished on the last day. But when news spread of Bob getting near the finish line, a crowd gathered, hundreds and hundreds gathered. Because 17 years earlier, Bob had stepped on a mortar mine in Vietnam, and he was declared dead, taken away in a body bag, zipped up. But 30 minutes later, much to the medic's astonishment, he woke up and he survived. But he had suffered a catastrophic injury losing both legs all the way down to his torso, and he had run the New York Marathon on his hands, on his hands. Bob said, I may have come in last place, but I finished ahead of 300 million Americans who never even started the race in the first place. Bob was a man on a mission. He said, I may have lost my legs, but I didn't lose my heart. He went on to say, many have legs, but they don't have heart. You know what Bob had? Bob had grit. 98 hours running on his hands. That's what it required, grit. He had to have grit. And I've come to the conclusion in 2019, if you're going to make it to heaven, if you're going to finish this race, you've got to have grit. You can't just be in it for the short haul. You've got to be in it for the long haul. We live in a very blessed situation, freedoms of all kinds. There's no soldiers knocking down our doors and telling us what we can and can't do in this place. We have so much freedom, but that may not always be the case. And we have brothers and sisters around the world who are suffering severely for their faith. They are, they are sheep among wolves. And really that's what we are here. We've just been inoculated because we have so much freedom. But I'm telling you, in these last days, there's some times when to make it, you've got to have grit. Everybody say grit. You've got to have grit. And you, you, you started, and, and thank God for it, but it's not enough to start. You've got to finish. And you may hit a few landmines along the way. and You may have some pieces missing. You may be battle scarred like some of these, of these we read about. You may get weary, but if you have grit... If you have grit, you'll say, if I have to run this thing on my hands, if I have to crawl across that finish line, I am never going to quit. That's what grit is. Come on, give him some praise right now. Grit. It takes grit. There's a lot of speculation regarding these ones in the book of Revelation. I talked about some of it. You can go back and listen to the podcast. But, but those in our reading, they were, they were Christians. I mean, the controversies were they pre-trib Christians, post-trib Christians. They came out of the great tribulations. I, I didn't know there were, I thought the rapture took place 
That's where the controversy is. But these were Christians. They had washed in the blood of the Lamb. Come out of great tribulation. The, the Greek is, is mega, we looked at it, uh, mega thalipses. It, it means mega pressure, oppression, affliction, stress, mega, a lot of. What's that look like? Well, verses 16 and 17 in that, that Revelation reading say, said they will no longer hunger. They will no longer thirst. The sun will no longer strike them, nor will any heat. For the Lamb who is at the center of the throne will shepherd them. Guide them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away their tears. So mega tribulation is painted with broad strokes, hunger, thirst, scorched by the sun, tears, crying. It's, it, some of this is probably literal. Some of it's figurative, idiomatic. It's representing pressure. And then Hebrews 11 does the same thing. This, this, these other details about other brothers and sisters, believers, what they faced. They were mocked for their faith, beat up for their faith, chained and imprisoned for their faith, stoned to death for their faith, sawn in two because of their faith. They were pressured to recant. They were slain with the sword. They wore these homemade sheepskin and goatskin clothes because they were on the run. They were destitute, afflicted, tormented, homeless, forced to wander in deserts and on mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. So again, pressure, it's, it's a picture of longing and desire and unrelenting, painful circumstances. The whole world was against them. They suffered setbacks, loss. They cried, sighed, died. That's pressure, y'all. And I'm talking about the church of the living God. I'm talking about those of us who have been made to sit together with him in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and every name that is named. I'm talking about the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath type of people. I'm talking about people who could say with you and I, I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. And yet we see them longing, hungry, thirsty, exposed, nowhere to hide, homeless, crying, martyred. And all of that pressure would have gone away if they would have just denied the faith and, and turned their back on Jesus Christ. But they didn't because they had, they had grit. They had a firmness of mind, an invincibility of spirit, an unyielding courage, and a fearlessness. No wonder the writer of Hebrews said, of these kinds of people, the world was not worthy. Of them, it's awesome. You know, we we get you know a hangnail, and we're like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna make it to church. Where's the mercure call, man? I don't know, man. Ooh. You know, something throws us off our game during the day. Some driver makes us mad. We start listening to politics on the radio and get all uh, blow a fuse in our brains. We, we, somebody infuriates us, somebody lets us down, bad day on the job, financial pressure, different pressures that come against us, marriage pressure, family pressure. I mean, things aren't working out, and we're just ready to, like, forget it. I'm not going to the house. I'm not going to church. I'm whatever, you know. We get all mad and flustered. I mean, if we can't, if we can't take that, what, what about mega pressure that comes on? I'm telling you, you gotta, you got to develop you and I both, we've got to develop grit that says, 
It doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter how bad things may get. I will bless the Lord at all times. And it takes grit to have that kind of tenacity. It takes grit. I will bless the Lord at all times. Because in my humble opinion, and I think according to Scripture, y'all, it's going to get worse. Let me give you some good news. But know this. 2 Timothy 3, 1, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Everybody say praise the Lord. That's really awful because this is our day and time. The word is violent. Have you ever seen violence like you see today? I mean, I could name some names, ISIS, Al-Qaeda. I mean, even in our own nation. You know, back in my day, we had guns in our windows at high school, rifles and shotguns, because we went hunting and stuff, went out shooting cans and whatnot, brought them onto the high school campus. Nobody cared. And, y'all, we got in fights. You want to talk about violence, airline high school. Me and your daddy back in the day, and your mama, violence. Well, she wasn't violent. But I'm just saying, in that particular high school, at airline high school in Bossier City, in the 70s and 80s, violence, I mean gangs, I mean race wars. It was unbelievable what took place in that high school. Uh, kids taking chairs and banging other kids like it was like the WWF. But nobody went to their truck and got their gun and unloaded a clip in the high school. But now we dare not have any guns on a high school campus because in the last days violent times will come men will be lovers of themselves lovers of money boasters proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful unholy unloving unforgiving slanderers without self-control brutal despisers of God traitors headstrong haughty Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. I mean, really, you do understand this lovers of money, lovers of pleasure. I mean, when 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 the the foot when ESPN and when the when the NCAA comes out and they issue or the NFL or whoever issues an injury report, they, they report who's injured. You know why they do that? It's for Vegas. Because there's a lot more money being bet than circulating through the business enterprise itself. Oh, I might have stepped on somebody's toes. I don't know. Well, we stepped into that, didn't we? Lovers of money, lovers of pleasure, having a form of godliness, religious, but denying the power thereof, as the King James, from such uh, turn away. Things are going to get worse and worse. And you know what all of that means? It, all of that means that that spirit hates your faith because your faith makes you a lover of God more than a lover of pleasure and a lover of God more than lovers of money. You're willing to do things with your money that the world says, that's nuts, that's crazy. You kidding me? Give offerings and tithe and help people out and lend without expecting to get it back to some, I mean, that's crazy. 
what are you thinking? Well, I'm a lover of God. My God will supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. But that spirit that's loose in these last days hates the Jesus on the inside of you and the faith on the inside of you and is putting pressure on you. All those things put pressure on us, on the job, through the media, in the government, in our interpersonal relationships. And you know what you got to have to stand in the evil day? You got to have grit. You just got to have some grit. I know this is kind of old-fashioned, but you got to have some grit. You got to have some grit. There's an old hymn that uh, from 1903, and, and the refrain says this. I love this. Well, let me give you the verse, first verse. In shady green pastures so rich and so sweet, God leads his dear children along where the water's cool flow bathes the weary one's feet. God leads his dear children along. The refrain is this. Some through the waters, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night season and all the day long. Isn't that beautiful? That's people with grit. And the Lord will supply your needs. He will. He'll give you a peace and a hope that's not based on earthly things. It's a beautiful song. You may pass through the waters. You may pass through the flood. You may pass through the fire. But you will make it out and on to the other side. And to do so, you got to have grit. I heard this story years ago about a woman in Texas. She was going through a real rough time, a divorce, financial difficulties, and sickness. And uh, she told her pastor, I actually know her pastor, she told her pastor, she, she said that. She said, Pastor, I'm going through some really rough times right now. Divorce and finances are all messed up and I've been so sick. And when the pastor heard this, he actually was not, he had no sad look on his face. He actually kind of lit up and he said, God, that's awesome. She was like, what? Did you hear what I said? And he said, yeah, I heard. Did you hear? And he said, tell me again. Say it again. Slower. She said, Pastor, I'm going through a really rough time right now. Divorce, money, sickness. Again, the pastor said, whew, ah, hallelujah. She's like, why? Are you excited? Why are you praising the Lord? He said, that is so powerful. Say it one more time. Slow down just a little bit more. She said, Pastor, I am going through a disaster, divorce, I'm broke, I'm sick. He said, wow. He said, did you hear what you said? You said, I am going through a difficult season. He said, honey, you're not going to stay in this difficult season. This will come to pass. You will pass through it. You're going through it. 
It's just a season. It's not the end of your book. It's just a chapter in your book. I'm here to remind somebody, you may be going through a difficult spot. Your faith may be weak right now. There's all kind of pressure, but you're continuing to walk. You may be like the wiling fella, walking on your hands and barely making progress, but you are still making progress, and you will make it through to the other side. Be encouraged, believer. Be encouraged, my brother and my sister. You've got the grit on the inside. You've got what it takes. You can make it on to the other side. Amen? Give the Lord some praise right now. So if you come to me for counseling, be sure and word it like that. <laughs> It'll make it easier. You know, the ancient church, you go back in time, you go back in history, and you'll see where there was a term that was used to describe difficult seasons in the church. And the church was looked at as the church militant. The church militant. When we get to the other side, we'll be the church triumphant. But until then, the church militant. 2 Corinthians 10.4 The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Ephesians 6, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this age, spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Paul told Timothy, he said, Timothy, son, endure hardness as a soldier. You're a soldier. Like we, we're not in, uh, you know, a country club. It's a fight. We, we enlisted into an army. The, draft, the call went out, the draft. We responded, and we are in the Lord's army. And we're not taking guns and shooting people, but it's a spiritual struggle. And, and even in our praise and worship, like I preached a couple weeks ago, we take these bodies that are decaying because of something that happened 6,000 years ago in the garden, the fall of man. But we take these bodies and we begin to praise and lift up the name of Jesus and spiritual principalities are put at bay because of just, I'm just a man, y'all, but greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And I mean, if, if, if struggles take place, if, if persecution breaks out, God forbid, but if it does, it's going to take some true grit, some grit on the inside to take us through to the other side. But folks, we got what it takes. We come from a long line of people that have what it takes. We don't turn back in difficult times. We don't turn back when we lose a few and, and when we, we're missing pieces. And we, we, we've, we've made some mistakes and we've lost our way at times. I got a Jesus who has blood that is more powerful than any one of my mistakes, y'all. The mercy of God is everlasting. And thank God for it because with his grace on my side, I can make it to the other side. Amen. What a great and awesome God that we serve. Grit. Talking about grit. Is this okay? Isn't this exciting? Are you with me? Yeah. 1914, at the beginning of World War I, Australia was overwhelmed. And their newly elected Prime Minister, Andrew Fisher, vowed that Australia would, quote, 
stand beside our own to help and defend Britain to the last man and the last shilling. They were already overwhelmed, but he said, if it takes every man and every dollar, we're with our brethren. That's what I'm calling grit. On June 4th, 1940, you know this one. Before the House of Commons in London, Winston Churchill said, quote, We shall defend our island, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields, in the streets, in the hills. We shall never surrender. He was facing down Hitler and, and his blitzkrieg and the, the bombing of London, the Battle of London, but you can hear the grit in his words. We will never, never surrender. I love that. You hear what I'm saying? The devil wants your faith. I've preached about this a lot. You know, it's like precious faith. It's this when your faith, which is like more precious than gold, your faith, the fact that you got faith, that's a treasure, y'all. That's precious. The fact that you believe in Jesus, the fact that you are at church hearing the word, you're a believer in the word, that's a precious thing. And the enemy comes immediately. When the word is sown immediately, the devil comes to steal the word. That's why we have to connect with people that get saved in this church immediately. Because i tell you what the devil does. The devil immediately connects. Stirs it up, man, that ain't true. Nothing like what you thought happened didn't happen. Those people are crazy. Everybody's trying to talk them out of it. That's the enemy working against them. And so we got to counteract that. That's why we're all about Jesus' people mission. We want to love on people. We want to love on people that are newly converted, coming to a fresh revelation in faith. We got to connect with them, and we got to connect with them quick because immediately the devil comes to steal the word. Your faith is precious, and the devil wants your faith, he wants your family. He doesn't want you to fulfill your destiny and your calling. He wants your worship. But I'm looking at some people tonight on a Wednesday night. It's my Wednesday night. We ought to call Wednesday nights grit night. Shrimp and grits. The kids can be the shrimp, right? We're the grits, right? Shrimp and grits. I'm looking at some people. You've got the grit as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. We will overcome with the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We will overcome. I will come through this. I will come through this. And John, speaking of overcoming, I mean, John, who wrote the book of Revelation, we, we did a lot on him throughout the, the study, but he was this 90-year-old apostle of the Lamb. His brother James was the first apostle to be martyred. His friends, all of them, he lost all of those disciple friends of his, his brother included. They had, tr tradition says, boiled him in oil trying to kill him. Eventually banished him to Patmos, which was this prison colony. And, and that's where he wrote the book of Revelation. He later returned to Asia Minor and kept preaching. And, and he, he was like the Timex of the New Testament. He kept a licking, but he kept on ticking. He was the rooster Cogburn of the new covenant, full of grit. He wrote in 1 John 5, 4, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. The overcomers are the ones who keep the faith. Paul said, I've run the race. 
and I've kept the faith. What, what, what a rewarding statement. And he says it. Therefore, there's a crown laid up for me. Can it be said it's not enough to run the race? It's a, you got to run the race and keep the faith. That's where the crown comes from, right? You got to run it. You got to keep the faith. You got to finish it. That takes grit. You got to be like the guy whose legs got blown off. He just ran with his hands, y'all. He just ran with what he had. Don't worry about what you've lost. Worry about what you got left. Just use what you got left. I don't have a lot of pieces. I've blown a lot of opportunities and mistakes. I've lost this and I've lost that and I've lost this and I've lost that. If you go by what you've lost, well, every one of us would quit. It's not what you lost. It's what you got left and who's beckoning you on saying, I got enough grace for you. I got enough grace. for I can bring you to the other side. Just get some grit and keep moving along. The victory is only to those who cross the finish line. And that doesn't mean... Uh, that they just die, it means they die and still have the faith. Or the rapture comes and they still have the faith. Jesus said, when I come back to the earth, will I find faith in the earth? Amen. Why don't you stand with me right now? I just felt to challenge you. Maybe somebody needed to hear this. I believe they did. That, uh, you know, Tough times come, really. And your feelings are fickle, man. They come and they go. Man, I feel Jesus. Carmen wrote that song years ago, the great and mighty Carmen. I feel Jesus. But you know what? Sometimes I don't feel Jesus. I'm just being honest with you. I've gone through seasons where I didn't feel nothing. But that didn't mean I didn't believe. It was just a dry season. I couldn't explain it. My prayers didn't seem to go anywhere. I laid hands on people and they died. I mean, I prayed for them to be healed and they died. You know, people are like, stay away from me. This guy's got a curse. He's got the, the blessing of killing people, you know. And there was, it didn't look like anything was happening. Financial troubles. You know, relationship issues, personal sin, trying to overcome things I'm dealing with, not doing good here and there, struggling, man, just trying to find myself. But, but I'm just going to tell you something right now. You don't know like I know what God's done for me. Somewhere back there, God got a hold of my heart, put something in there. I might not always feel it, but I know, Lord, I know you did a work in me, and it, it doesn't look like it to me or anybody else right now, but I, I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to keep, I'll put one if I have to crawl, I'll crawl. It's like Martin Luther King said, you know, run if you can run. If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. Whatever you do, don't stop moving forward. You just got to keep moving because one day that dry season will end and the rain will come again. There will be a lifting of the head. There will be a lifting of the hands. There will be a change in season. You just keep plugging along and it takes grit to do it. Lift your hands to him right now. Recommit yourself to him. I'm never going to stop, Lord. It doesn't matter what's going on. I'm never going to stop. I recommit myself. I recommit myself. I bring myself to the altar right now, Lord. And I recommit myself and my all. God, give me that grit Donovan's talking about tonight. Let me walk in that. Let me recommit to that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 
Why don't we just find a place to pray real quick? You can come up front, right where you are if you want to. Cry. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you were blessed. For more information on our church, Pastor Donovan, or service times, please visit our website at golifepoint.com.